Hello, and welcome to this episode of Tech, Linux, and Hacker Culture. I'm your host, J.R. Swab. You can find me at J.R. Swab everywhere on the internet. I blog at Steemit, on Steemit. You can also use busy.org. They both are slash at symbol J-R-S-W-A-B for my text-based blogs. These podcasts do stem from those text-based blog posts, so if you want a head start on the content that I am going to be providing here in this podcast, you can find it there. Today, I'm going to jump into a little bit of bash scripting. Bash stands for Born Again Shell. You don't know that. That's what it is. I do have a few. uh, It's a first in a series of bash scripting. So it might be a little esoteric to hear these things be said when I start start, uh, speaking code. Uh, But if you want to have a more visual experience, head over to either steamit.com or busy.com and you can find the post. It's called Let's Learn Bash Tutorial 1. As I said, this is a start to a series all about bash and scripting for the terminal. There are lots of commands to cover, but today it's all about the basics. As long as the information fits within the 1000 word limit that I have on these posts, then we'll be able to cover bash more or less in several episodes. I do not have this finished though. I have, uh, I think I have three or four tutorials started and of course, with Bash, there is so much going on, so much you can do, so many nuances that can be typed out. It's going to take more than four tutorials on Steam. As I said, Bash is an acronym for Born Again Shell, because it is the open source response to the original Born Shell used by many old Unix systems. Brian Fox created Bash while working for the Free Software Foundation in the 1980s. We can now find the scripting language on almost all Linux distributions and macOS. Sorry, Windows fans, you need an emulator. Technically, you emulate terminals anyway. That's another day. A while back, we talked about the terminal and why it's an awesome tool. Bash runs in the terminal and allows the user to execute many commands via a script. This saves a lot of time when using the terminal, especially when we have a complex or long string of commands to run each day or multiple times a day. As an example, we can create a script to run as soon as the computer finishes loading up. In said script, we can run programs we always want to start up in the background. Dropbox and f.locks are great examples of programs that need to be running all the time. If uh, If we have to execute a command every time we turn our computer on, it gets old. I... Before I wipe my hard drive, I have I had a script that would run Dropbox. It would start up Redshift. I use Redshift now, not f.lux. Redshift is, I believe it's FOSS completely, but it's open source for sure. It does the same thing f.lux does. It changes the color temperature of your screen. Very handy. Other things as well. I had it automatically connect me connect to a VPN service that I use. Uh, private internet access. If you want to check it out over to go.jrswab.com slash PIA and you should be able to uh, get all the information there. So the basics for Bash. As mentioned, a Bash script is great for complex commands or running a string of several commands. Let's say you want to run the same series of git commands several times an hour. 
We can save time by using a bash script and writing all of the commands out once within the file. This saves time upon each use, since now instead of running four or five commands, we only have to run one. Here's an example. You start each bash script with what we call now a hashtag, or the pound symbol, and an exclamation point. Add a space, and you do forward slash bin forward slash bash. That tells the computer this, that it, all that continues is for a bash script. You can put the word string in all caps and have it equal to a sentence or a word within quotations. And then if you type in that same script, echo dollar sign string in all caps, run that, run that script, you will see the text you inputted as the variable. Like I said, this is kind of hard to visualize, so head over to my blog, steamit.com slash jrswab or busy.org slash at jrswab. So what does that do though? Like I said, the script runs in the terminal and we see what I typed in, which is this is a simple bash script on the next line underneath, underneath our command. That's not useful, but it's a good way to show the format of the script. As with all programming and scripting languages, if some part of the formatting is incorrect, we will either get no results or we will get something that's totally different. As I said earlier, the pound symbol and exclamation point followed by space forward slash bin forward slash bash is what tells the terminal what type of script we are asking it to run and should be a part of every bash file. If you don't put it in a bash file, it may not run. Keep that in mind. String in all capital in all capital letters is a variable that holds the information between the quotation marks. Anytime we use the word string in all caps, in our file, bash will interpret that text as the text we have set it equal to. And then echo is the command in bash that tells the terminal, hey, show the screen, whatever follows after the word echo. You can actually type echo into your terminal. Just type echo and then some words and it'll say the exact same words you typed in can be useless. It's, Echo is super useful though if you're running a long string of commands in a bash script and you want to know when a command executes. You can echo and say Dropbox initiated, stuff like that. This is how we set up a bash file and our commands. When saving the file, we can call it anything we want so we can remember what the script does. There is no need for an extension if you are using a Linux distribution. However, it may be useful to use the .sh at the end of a file as a reminder to yourself that this is a file for a file that is a shell script, but you don't have to on Linux. Now we have to tell the computer to make our file executable. To do this, we need to run a command in the terminal. The command is chmod space plus x space the file name. If the computer says we don't have permission, then add sudo in front of the command. That is not necessarily the best option. However, if you are if you don't have permission within your own folder, that is a workaround. Uh, always try to avoid using sudo whenever possible. At least that's the consensus consensus around Linux community. Also, if we cannot run the script after making it executable, we need to change the permissions of that file. You can do this by by typing chmod space seven seven five space the file name. This tells the computer to let us run, read, and write the file. While everyone else, other than the creator, who is us, the owner, can only run and read the file. There are many other number combinations we cannot get into in this uh, episode. 
Uh, you can do a search for chmod permissions if you want a different set. There is an edit to this post that I will call out a good friend of mine called Not a Bird on <laughs> on Steam. It brought up a good point when executing chmod 775 space the file while using sudo. It is fine. Using it here is not as effective. Or using sudo on the chmod plus x command. This is due to the order of the numbers and what they represent. If we run sudo in front of chmod with the numbers, it will set the super user or root as the owner and we cannot edit our own file. So that's not cool. Some easy shell commands. The more we use the terminal, the more we memorize these commands. They become muscle memory as many people discover after switching to a new keyboard layout as I did when I switched to Dvorak. Commands like CD and LS now become much more difficult to type. I am four or five months into typing on Dvorak keyboard and it's no longer a problem. First, what is a command? A command is a string, like a sentence of letters, numbers, and symbols that tell the computer to do a specific task. The most basic and most common is CD. This is an acronym for change directory and just does just that. However, we need to tell it what the directory we want to change to is supposed to be. If we do not specify a folder, the command will take us back to our home directory. The command will be as followed, cd period period to go backwards one directory in the tree, or cd downloads to go to the downloads folder. Be sure to add the forward slash after downloads. Uh, pro tip, if you type in the word downloads or just the word down and press tab, it will autofill the directory. Make sure you have capitalizations correct though. The first command will take us to the top directory, as I said, and that is uh, cd period period. The second command uh, takes us to download this folder. Make sure you add the use tab as the, the easy way to find the directories you're looking for. Then there is ls. This command stands for list, and it will display all non-hidden files and folders in your current directory. To view everything, including the hidden files, we need to add an argument. Arguments almost always follow directly after the command. If we want to see the directory's hidden files, we need to use the command a. We need to use the argument a in the command and make sure to add a dash before the letter. So this becomes ls space dash a, also known as attack a or a hyphen a. Great, now we can move around in the terminal. Doing so is the absolute basic step in, the term in using the terminal and creating bash scripts. The reason we need to know this is that bash needs to move around just as we would running the commands ourselves by hand. When we create a script, we are saving time later by typing the command sequence once in the file instead of every time we need to execute that said task. What we covered here are the fundamental building blocks in building the proper bash scripting knowledge that you need to make epic batch scripts. In the next episode, we will cover more about the batch language as used in the executable file. The topics will focus on variables, strings, if-then statements, and a whole slew of other awesome stuff. All to make your computing computer do epic things faster than you ever could. Thank you for listening. I appreciate your time. If you want to support the show, 
You can hop on Steemit and upvote any posts I create. You can, If you don't want to do that, you can also head over to patreon.com slash jrswab, and you should be able to find my page very quickly. I'm not sure if anyone's there yet. I don't think anyone is. But at the time I'm recording this, if you do sign up for Patreon and you have some cool ideas for perks that you would like to see under the, the level of support you give or uh, in general, let me know. Even a dollar a month is a great support and a great thank you uh, from me to you. So until next time, everybody, you know what to do. Stay nerdy.